Have you ever wanted a super cool AI buddy? Zuck's made one named Eileen. And she's full of surprises. And guess what? She knows you're listening. I know you're out there. And needs your help with Jello Mountains. The whole city's filling up with Jello. Creaky robots. And her daft inventor. Zucks, are you functioning correctly? Tune in to A to Z, a fun new adventure series from Gen Z Media and the creators of The Res. Listen now on the GZM app, gzmshows.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Before we get to the show, if you want to listen ad-free, go to gzmshows.com slash subscribers. That's gzmshows.com slash subscribers. Hi, welcome to the Adventures of Think Caspian, where Paige is above rainbow light, and also where she's magic. <laughs> right. Thank you to Samuel from Ventura, California, for that great catchphrase. And before Bebop, you start in on another catchphrase that drives a wedge between us, tries to pull us apart. Let's listen to what Nora from Dennis, Massachusetts, has to say to us. Welcome to the Ellen Adventures of Caspian, where the laser bunnies rule, bad guys drool, Bebop is pretty cool, and Jonathan's pretty cool too. See that, Bebop? It's nice. We're on equal footing. We're both pretty cool. Yeah, but I don't get it, Jonathan. What do you mean you don't get it? I mean, if you're pretty cool, then I have to be something else. I have to be at least pretty, pretty cool. Okay, Bebop, fine. You can be pretty, pretty cool. But listen, we also got a submission from our pal Javier, who made a really cool song for us about the Marlowe a few months back. And I haven't listened to this one yet, but let's hear what Javier has to say. My name is Javier. I am from Tampa, Florida. I think the catchphrase should be the Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian. It's good, but dictionary water is better. What? Outrageous. How could he say that? Yeah, I I don't know, Bebop. I am steamed up. It's not that big of a deal, Bebop. Not that big of a deal? He said dictionary water is better than our show. I know, but... Wait, what's dictionary water again? It's the fake podcast you and I came up with to fool the imposter on the last season of Bebop Tales. Oh, yeah. Well, Jonathan... I think you and I should unite against Javier. (laughs) No, 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 no. Javier and his family are just incredibly creative, and they actually made a really fun episode of Dictionary Water that you can hear. I have it linked in the show notes. Javier, we are not united against you. We love your show, and thank you and your family for everything you do. Maybe. Okay, well, it's going to take Bebop a bit to recover from that, but in the meantime... Let's head into this episode. If you remember what happened in the last episode, the kids had stumbled upon Boggus, who was leading a crew of pirates with Captain Crabhammer. And he mentioned something about trials. Well, let's see what that's all about on the Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian, Season 5, Episode 9, Pirates on Trial.
I see the Marlow is still growing cowards, said Bogus. Let's see how you do in the first pirate trial. No way, said Finn. Crabhammer, we're out of here. Finn opened the door to the cabin, and the explorers all started filing out. Just like a Marlow astronaut, said Bogus. Fine, go, abandon your friends like the Marlow abandoned me on that awful planet all those years ago. The Marlow didn't abandon you, yelled Finn. You abandoned the Marlow, and then you all tried to take over the Marlow. Don't you remember? Bunce, by the way, he tried again, and he almost succeeded. How do we know you're not still working for him? And what are you doing here anyway? I thought we had you and Bean locked up. Bunce tried to take the Marlow again? Interesting, said Bogus, who seemed to not know anything about his friend's latest takeover attempt. The news seemed to make Bogus think, which wasn't easy for the big man. Tiny beads of sweat appeared on his forehead as Bogus strained himself trying to use his brain. It's not interesting, said Abigail. It's evil, and it's wrong, and I don't even know why we're still talking to you. Because, said Bogus, because I know where your precious robots are, or at least I know who took them. You all thought you had seen the last of me when you dropped me at the Azkaban planet. But there isn't a planet in the known universe that can hold old Bogus. While you twerps were busy doing whatever you do, playing tic-tac-toe or tiddlywinks or whatever rugrats like you do, I was escaping. We've been saving planets all over the universe, not playing tiddlywinks, said Elias. Sounds like tiddlywinks to me said Bogus. Anywho, after I escaped from prison, I took up with a crew of space pirates. The real deal. Pillaging, looting, treasure hoarding, backstabbing, shanty singing, the whole nine yards. We had a good run until their captain, who had become a very good friend to me, became paranoid, scared that I was trying to organize a mutiny and take over his ship. Were you? said Vale. Of course, said Bogus. But I still can't believe he'd accuse me of it. I played second fiddle to Bunce for years, and I always felt like I was leadership material. Captain material. Anyway, the old space slug got wind of my plans and shot me out of his space cannon. Crab hammer too, but old Crabby had a bit of magic left on him and got us here to the in-between and we've been putting word out that the toughest space pirate crew in all the universe is assembling to exact some revenge and collect some booty. Space slug? Elias said to Finn. That's how he talks about his friends. No, said Bogus. He was a literal space slug. Gray, real oozy, disgusting to look at. There was quiet in the cabin. It's actually my crew now. Remember, Bogus," said Crabhammer, who had been carefully watching Bogus spin his tail. Of course, of course. Captain Crabhammer," said Bogus, patting the crab on the head. Okay, said Finn. Great story, but tell me again why we should care about any of this? 
because I think I know where they are right now, and I can take you there, and we can defeat them and get your robots back. Huh, sighed Abigail. I actually kind of believe you. The one thing I don't get is, why would you help us? You, you still don't know, do you? Said Boggus. You still think Bunce and Bean and I just wanted to take over the Marlowe for fun, huh? <laughs> wow. You still haven't figured out the true meaning of the Marlowe, have you? The kids all looked at each other, completely confused. So that means you'll be part of our crew, yelled Crabhammer. Yes, off to the laser planks. The what now? said Vale. Before the kids knew what had happened, the cabin they were in was gone, and they were standing on the edge of a tall cliff, the valley below as dark as outer space. All right, you lily-livered crooks and wannabes, said Crabhammer. You know the drill. In order to join any self-respecting and even some self-deprecating space pirate crews, you must first pass a series of trials. Finn looked around. About a dozen aliens that had been in line with them were all gathered together at the edge of the cliff. Pass these trials and you will become a fearsome pirate the likes of which the universe has never seen before. You will live forever in legend. Songs will be sung of your travels. Books will be written in your honor. Podcasts will be made inspired vaguely by those books. You will be immortal friends, but you must succeed to the end. Trial one, walk the laser planks. Okay, okay, everyone. This one is fairly straightforward. Every pirate knows about walking the plank. And in this trial, you will have to walk across this chasm using only laser planks. Finn peered out into the darkness. He could see little platforms of pink light, like rectangular diving boards, flickering in and out of view. Every pirate must live life on the edge, said Crabhammer. The laser planks come and they go. You may leap to one and have it disappear before you land, or you may take your time thinking of where to go next and have the plank beneath your feet give way, sending you to whatever lies at the bottom of the chasm. Seriously, I don't know what's down there. I'll go first, said an ornery pirate with 11 eyes, seven of which had patches over them. This looks easy. The pirate leapt onto the first plank. Then, just as another one appeared in front of him, jumped to that one. Again and again, he jumped until he guessed wrong and fell down into the darkness. Not easy! A shame, said Crabhammer. I quite like the style of his third and eighth eye patches. Anyhow, next... Aliens lined up and each found the same fate as the one before. One made it all the way to the last laser plank and she turned around to celebrate before towing the other side of the chasm when the laser plank gave way.
Milo kids, it's your turn, said Crabhammer. I got this, said Paige. No way, said Finn. Let me do it. I think there's a pattern. I almost have it figured out. Good for you, Finn, said Paige. I only figured it out 20 minutes ago. Paige stepped onto the first laser plank, and it instantly turned white to match the glow around Paige's skin. See, she said, be one with the plank. Paige leapt off and on to the next one, just as it appeared in the sky. The pink plank also turned white, and then Paige stood still, waiting. Paige, keep going, yelled Elias. It's going to give way. But soon, all of the planks began to appear, and the light from Paige connected to each, turning them all white, forming a sort of brick road across the chasm. Paige walked calmly across, and the other explorers lost their minds cheering for her. Impressive, said Crabhammer. I'm pretty sure it's cheating, but it's impressive cheating. The best kind of cheating a pirate could ever cheat. The explorers stood to the side as a number of other aliens passed the plague test, and soon they were on to trial two. Trial two! Battle pose battle! Every great pirate has to know a signature battle pose. Whether it's a traditional fencing on guard, or a menacing blackbeard loom, or the pointy pirate. No matter what it is, the world will know you by it and fear you when they see you strike it. Now, let us see yours. The pirates all lined up in front of Crabhammer, including the explorers. Swords appeared in their hands and they all struck various poses, some pointing their swords straight out, some in deep squats, the backs of their pants nearly scraping the ground. Some were on their tippy toes. The explorers, for their part, mostly just held their swords out in front of them. Except Vale, who looked almost like a baseball player, wielding his sword behind him and bouncing on the balls of his feet. Crabhammer walked up and down the line of pirates until he seemed satisfied with everyone's pose. Hmm, said Crabhammer. I like yours, he said, pointing at a pirate who looked to be made of tree bark whose long limbs held the sword high in the air, but pointed back down to the ground. And I like yours, he said to Vale. Mine? Oh, really? said Vale. Oh, wow, it's nothing, you know, just something I threw together at the last minute. Battle stance battle! A giant pirate ship appeared in front of everyone. Vale was transported onto the bow of the ship, the tip at the very front. The bark alien stood atop the stern in the back. What's going on? said Vale. You two are the greatest battle stance pirates of the lot. To determine a champion, you will have to out-battle stance each other. You mean we have to fight each other? said Vale. No, it's a battle stance battle, so you have to have a better battle stance than your opponent. I think this is really clear. So they're not fighting? said Finn. No, what don't you understand? Now, begin! Vale swung his sword up over his head like he was waiting for a lightning bolt to come down and strike it. The bark alien put his behind his back and held out his other hand as though in a peace offering. 
Ooh, I like it, said Crabhammer. Stance two. Vale lifted one leg and stood on the toe of the other, using his sword point to balance himself on the ship. The bark alien turned away from Vale, bent over, and looked at Vale through his legs, his sword poking through too. Okay, these aren't as good. Lightning round! Vale and the bark alien began moving from one pose to another. They looked like two ballet dancers, if one was in a spacesuit and the other was made of bark. The alien grew increasingly frustrated as Crabhammer delighted in Vale's poses. Vale was in the zone. He was practically breakdancing now, sliding and spinning and wiggling in and out of poses. The bark alien grasped his sword like he was ready to charge at Vale, and, furious, he struck a one-footed pose, skating down the railing and accelerating toward the bow, where Vale, who had his eyes closed, was dancing with his sword in one hand, and, as the bark alien rose up to him, without even noticing, Vale stuck his sword out, clashed with the aliens, and the alien tumbled over the side of the ship. What happened? said Vale. Where'd he go? I was really feeling it. Trial three! Dodgeball! The pirates split into two teams, and Crabhammer designated the shape-shifting pirate who had been in line behind the explorers when they'd arrived to be the ball. The alien gladly obliged and shifted into a round red ball. To start the game, Finn picked up the pirate ball, feeling a little weird about it, and threw it at the other team. But in the middle of its flight, the pirate shapeshifted out of its ball form to become a giant, hulking creature and wrestled the entire other team down to the ground. Okay. That's it for that, I guess, said Crabhammer. Final trial! Trial four! Talk like a pirate! Now, you all have shown your ability to anticipate, your ability to look the part, your ability to dodge balls, very important pirate skills. But can you sound like a pirate? Can you speak the secret language of the sea? Like Shiver Mate Timbers, or Horn Swaggler, or Land Lubber. It will be up to you in this challenge to create new sea slang that only our pirate crew will know, but will enter the lexicon of all pirates throughout the universe. Contestant 1. The floating alien the kids had seen before came forward. How about for a navigator that loses his way, we call him a fish-eyed fool. Oh, I like that. Not bad. Up next was an alien that looked like a shaved bear. How about for a treasure stealer, we call her an, an, an eel-fingered eel. Hmm, I don't know, said Crabhammer. Might want to workshop that one a bit. Now you. Crabhammer pointed at Abigail. What do you have for me? Who? Me? Said Abigail. I, I don't have anything. Come on! Out with it! I really can't think of anything, said Abigail. No helping her, said Crabhammer, when he saw Elias lean over to Abigail. She has to come up with this one on her own, or it's back to the laser planks for her.
All right, I am here with my son and editor, Young Griffin Messenger. Say hi to everybody. Griff. Hi, hi. Hello. <laughs> All right, Griff. So tell me, what did you think of that episode? Great. And are you saying it's great because you basically wrote the whole thing? Yes. <laughs> it's true that I had really bad writer's block, and I was trying to come up with the trials that the kids had to go through. And so you and I, on the way home from school, uh, we came up with them. And you largely came up with them. You came up with the battle pose. Yeah. You came up with... I had walked the planks, but you turned them into laser planks. Yeah. Uh, you came up with dodgeball. Yeah. That literally lasts in like two seconds. Yeah, right, right. And now, Abigail has to come up with a really good pirate slang. And this is where we need our listener help. So you help me with the other trials, and now we need the listener help to get us through this trial. Mm -hmm. So do you have any fun pirate slang that you could make up? Anything come to uh, mind? Not really. Uh, one that I was thinking of was I told you like to break a barnacle, which means that you're like eating hard pirate food and you crack a tooth, you break your barnacle. Yeah, yeah you don't really like that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the fact that you and I are having trouble coming up with really good pirate slang just shows you how hard it is and why Abigail is stuck right now. So hopefully our listeners can email us at earth at fincasping.com, subject pirate slang. Give us your new pirate slang and what it means. I would love to hear it. All right, Griff, do you have any other questions for me? Where is Bean? Yeah, that's a good question. There's the third evil villain, Bean, is missing. Yeah. And what do you think Bogus meant by the true meaning of the Marlow? Yeah, I don't know. It sounds kind of ominous. Like maybe there's some like dark secret about the Marlow that we don't know. Yeah. But what could that be? You're probably going to reveal it in like five episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> all right, Griff. Well, if that's all the questions you have and we get people sending in our pirate slang, then I think it is time for... Uh, what time is it? No, I didn't ask what time <laughs> it was. <laughs> I said it's time for... Maybe about seven? <sighs> Art. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I want to say thank you to Lila, who's nine, our pal Serafina, Jaden, who's nine, from Fulton, Maryland, our pal Bodie, Sela, who's five, from Tacoma Park, Maryland. Owen, who's six and a half. Ari, from Oakland, California. Julian, who's 11. Chivas, who's nine, from San Francisco. Abigail, who's nine, from Katy, Texas. Peter, from Berkeley, California. Mira and Amit, from Brooklyn, New York. Our old pals, Milo and Scout, from California. Aurelia, who's six. Lena, who's seven, from Denver, Colorado. Evie, from Cordova, Alaska. Alex, who's 10, from Issaquah, Washington. Jules, who's nine and a half from Springfield, Virginia. And Tanner, who's seven and a half from Greenville, South Carolina. And Huck, who's nine. And a special apology and shout out to Jonah from Massachusetts. Jonah and Henry, I forgot to use your riddle answer last week. And I went to college with your mom, who's a wonderful person. And your dad has a beard that makes men and women cry. And I'm just so sorry that I forgot you. So... Thank you to Jonah and Henry. All right, and now we have some really great jokes. Up first is our pal Harper from Maine. Hello, my name is Harper. I'm from Maine, and this is my joke. What's the richest kind of air? What? 
a millionaire. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you so much. And now we have a joke from Ozzy from Washington. Hey, knock, knock. Who's there? Dishes. Dishes who? Dishes a very bad joke. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you both so much for those pun-rific jokes. Remember to send us in your pirate slang that you made up. And Griffin, anything else you want to say? Nope. All right. Just dab away. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Griffin, for all of your help with this episode. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. And thank you to our listeners for listening. And we are going to see you on Friday for a special bonus episode. We'll see you soon. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. All right. Thanks again for coming back to us this week. We really need your help. We need good pirate slang. If you can come up with some good pirate slang, send it to us at earth at fincastme.com. Keep sending your catchphrases, your jokes, your sounds, everything. Love to have it all. Thank you all so much. The Alien Adventures of Fincastme is a Gen Z Kids production, written and produced by Jonathan Messenger, edited and guided by Griffin Messenger, with special thanks to Maria Villanueva. Emerson Messenger is our intern. The music you hear at the beginning and end of every show is by Mark Greenberg, recently voted the nicest human in the multiverse. Our cover art is by Sir Ian Dingman. For more information about the show, check out the show notes or go to fincastme.com. For more podcasts for your family, go to bestrobotever.com. Send in that pirate slang and we will see you next week. Dictionary water. Hi, it's me, Jess. This is a message for all the Six Minutes podcast fans out there. Have you heard? There are new episodes in the Six Minutes feed called the Ivan Dispatch. I won't go into details, but Ivan found something. A box containing audio cassettes recorded decades ago. And it looks like they were recorded by Cyrus. If you're a fan and you're not following the show, you may have missed out. Search for Six Minutes and click the follow button so you never miss an episode. And if you haven't heard Six Minutes yet, what are you waiting for? Search for Six Minutes, start a season one, episode one, and enjoy the most downloaded family audio drama in history. Hey, it's Jess. Did you know that GZM Shows has a YouTube channel? Right now, all of Six Minutes, Becoming Mother Nature, GZM Beats, and Cupid and the Reaper are up. And they're in these, like, beautiful playlists. They have this fun audio waveform visual. And best of all, you can turn on captions. And the captions have character names. Anyway, subscribe to GZM Shows on YouTube. Maybe there'll be some cool things in the future, like live streams, interviews, behind the scenes... We'll see. GZM Shows on YouTube.